I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, Cougar fans, and welcome into another edition, a 2023 edition, last show in January edition of Cougar Sports Saturday. Matt Biamonte riding solo with producer Nate Slack. Mitch Harper not here today. He is probably in the car, somewhere between uh, Las Vegas and St. George. He spent five consecutive days at Disneyland. Who does that? I told my wife, uh, I think it was this morning, Nate. I'm like, please don't make me do five days in a row. Like three is a lot of work. Five consecutive days for the Harper family. Hope they had a blast. They're on their way home. So no Mitch Harper. It is Matt Biamonte today. But we have an absolutely jam-packed show for you today. We've got the starting point guard for BYU basketball, Dallin Hall. He'll join us in 30 minutes to break down a massive game for hoops later tonight. And you can hear that game right here on KSL News Radio. Tips at 8 p.m., pregame at 7. Big game against the Gales. We'll touch on that throughout the entire show. Mark Durant, he'll be on the call with Greg Rubel tonight. He'll join us in hour number two to preview that matchup and talk about BYU basketball, their losing streak, and what they can do to get back on their winning ways. BYU Women's Hoops, quietly, has had a very nice season. Their head coach, Amber Whiting, in her first year, she will join us later in the program to talk about wins against St. Mary's and how this program is developing under her first year. And then yesterday, kind of some really interesting news on the football front, not on the field, but Riley Nelson, former quarterback, he had been with BYU Broadcasting for four years, I think. I think it was four seasons on the color commentary call along with Greg. He's hanging it up. So uh, he announced on Twitter that he is stepping away. 
from his role as a color commentator for BYU football. So all of Greg Rubel's color commentators are joining the show today. We should have had Greg on too. Just get the whole crew talking BYU sports. But uh, that is what we have planned today. Big time show. But we got to start things off on the hardwood. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. Yeah, the big story of the day and really of the week is this matchup tonight against the Gales of St. Mary's. They are now ranked earlier in the week. They jumped into the rankings for the first time. They come in at number 22, St. Mary's visiting Provo. And you know what's kind of interesting about this game? There's so many angles, and we're going to we're gonna touch on them all. And if you have questions, thoughts, you want to chime in, we want to hear from you too. Text us on the KSL text line, 575-00. This game against uh, St. Mary's is so interesting because BYU last week on the road in the Bay Area, a couple of tough losses to Santa Clara and San Francisco. They had been quietly surprising a lot of us in the way that they had been playing since losing to South Dakota. They had won some nice games. They had beaten Creighton. They had beaten Utah. They had that heartbreaking loss to Gonzaga, but they were playing good basketball. And then last weekend, it just felt like it was a massive step backwards for BYU basketball. And, and Coach Pope even said that. He had that fiery interview with Greg Rubel in the postgame against San Francisco where it was inexcusable, the effort that they played with. And – it really feels like for the first time in the Pope era, this team that was once on an upward trend is now on a downward trend. And it was already going to be very difficult to get to the NIT with some of the losses that they had this season. But then you throw in losses to uh, – look, Santa Clara and San Francisco aren't horrible losses, but there's going to be too many losses because they missed the opportunity against Gonzaga. They still have to go to Gonzaga. That's going to be super difficult, even though Gonzaga earlier lost to LMU at home. So it doesn't look as crazy to maybe sneak a win in the kennels it had in previous years. Nevertheless, it's a tall order for this team. they got to go to St. Mary's, and there's teams that they've lost to that they still have to play. There's no guarantee they're going to beat San Francisco the second time around. So it's getting difficult to see a picture in which BYU hoops – goes to the NIT, and the NIT is, that's below expectations for BYU basketball. I think we all understand that. BYU, for the past 15 years, really, and this is a credit to Dave Rose, they've built a standard. The standard is 20 wins with, you know, if you can win a big game or two, maybe that's enough to get you into the tournament. That's the standard. And if you don't get into the tournament, you still win 20 games, you go to the NIT, you get all these extra opportunities, which are really important depending on the team. This particular team... I think the NIT would be huge for them. Great preparation to get some extra games for Dallin Hall, Fush Traore, Atiki Eliatiki, Richie Saunders. It would be great for them to get to the NIT. The problem is there's not a lot of opportunities left on this schedule to get enough wins to have the resume to get in. And so that's what makes this game so unique, I think, against St. Mary's, is this really feels like the last great opportunity for BYU basketball to get a signature conference win. If they don't win this game, I don't see how they get into the NIT. And unless they go on some great run in the tournament, which a couple weeks ago actually didn't feel that crazy. Like, after that Gonzaga performance, we did a post-game podcast. Myself, Mitch Harper, producer Nate Slack, we were sitting in the Marriott Center. We kind of felt like, man, this team, if they can spring forward 
with that performance against Gonzaga, even in the loss, who knows what happens in the WCC? Well, fast forward to now. That podcast is irrelevant because they did not perform well after losing Gonzaga. So that was not a step forward, that loss to Gonzaga. In fact, that last-second heartbreak collapse, I think it was a step backwards that bled into the weekend in the Bay Area. And now they're really struggling with St. Mary's coming in. But it's a huge game. And and one of the reasons this is such an interesting matchup, and it is every year, regardless of the rankings, regardless of the teams, is the style of play is so interesting. And, And Coach Pope's team, in the past, has played faster. They wanted to play faster this year. They have not done so. They're kind of a slower team. But nobody is slower than St. Mary's when it comes to style of play. But yet they're so efficient. They're, they're top 50 in efficiency offensively and they're top 10 efficiency defensively as well. So that slow style of play, they don't struggle to score points because they're so efficient. And and that slow you know, half-court offense that Randy Bennett runs for the Gales is always something that BYU you know, struggles with. Nobody, uh, you, you, nobody makes St. Mary's play fast. It just, it just is. They, they refuse to let that happen, and so um, they're a combination of physical and skilled enough and disciplined enough, um, and like they just know who they are. They're really physical. They're really slow. They force a lot of turnovers, and that's a problem for BYU, who they were just coughing the ball up left and right in the Bay Area. So. It's going to be a big challenge. But you know what I love about this game the most? I was thinking about this on the way in. One of my favorite movies of all time, because we all get asked this question from time to time. What's your favorite movies? What's on your top five? It's really a difficult question. But when I think about that, one, and I'm not saying this is my favorite, but it's definitely in my top five. I think about this all the time. Gladiator is such a phenomenal movie. There's a reason that it was up for Best Picture. There's a reason Russell Crowe won Best Actor. Over tw- It's over 20 years old. And it still is... It, you know the mark of a great movie when 20, 30, 40 years down the line, it still holds up. Like, there aren't these holes where you're like, oh, the special effects, the script, the acting. None of that applies to Gladiator. It's still so good. But what makes Gladiator so phenomenal, in my eyes is it had one of the best villains I think that I've ever seen on screen. I just thought Joaquin Phoenix in the role of Caesar was just unbelievable in Gladiator. You hated him so much. Like Russell Crowe, he serves on the I don't I hope I'm not spoiling the movie, but also you've had 20 something years to see it, so I kind of don't feel bad if I spoil the movie. And Russell Crowe is like a commander of this army. And he earns his freedom. He just wants to go back and farm with his family. And Caesar uh, dies, and his son takes over, which is Joaquin Phoenix. And he ruins Russell Crowe's life. He kills his family. He he tries to kill him. Russell Crowe stays alive somehow and then works his way back up in the gladiator ranks as a slave. And you just hate Joaquin Phoenix so dang much. By the time that him and Russell Crowe, gladiator, meet at the end of the movie and Russell Crowe is able to overcome him, and I don't want to use the word, like, I, I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. He kills Joaquin Phoenix. I spoiled the movie, I'm sorry. But when he does that, it is just so awesome. And then there's the music, and it's just it's one of the most beautiful scenes in cinema. I just love it. But what makes that scene so great, and that movie so great, is that you hate Joaquin Phoenix so much. He played the villain role so perfectly. 
And I think that's what I kind of love about this St. Mary's BYU game. Like, they're kind of Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. You just hate St. Mary's. You hate the way that they play. You hate the coach. You, you've hated some of the players. You hated Matthew Delvadova. You hated Tommy Cousy. Like, you don't feel that way about Gonzaga. At least I don't, and I think a lot of BYU fans don't. You don't hate Gonzaga. You respect Gonzaga. You root for them in the tournament. You love Mark Few. He said it a few weeks ago. He said, I, we don't get to the Final Four without BYU. How can you hate that? You don't hate it. And that's one of the reasons I want to keep playing that game. But I don't. the way that I feel about Gonzaga is not how I feel about St. Mary's. Anytime you can beat, I think it was last year, Saint, we, BYU scored 50 points at home and beat St. Mary's. It was an ugly game. And it was awesome because you beat St. Mary's at their game. It was ugly. It was slow. You beat them. There's, so that's why I love this game the most. It's going to be a really difficult game for BYU. St. Mary's is... Number 22 in the rankings, which is kind of a crapshoot in college basketball, but they're number six in net, which is the most important metric in college basketball. They're top six in the net. And if you're an analytical geek, they're number seven in Ken Palm. They are a top 10 team in the two most important metrics in college basketball. They are so good, but they're led by Randy Bennett. They have players that you don't like. You just love to hate St. Mary's, and that's why I think tonight's going to be so special because it's the last time St. Mary's is coming to the Marriott Center for who knows how long. I think it's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. They're easy to hate. Ah, that's why I love this game. So BYU and St. Mary's tonight, the final time in the Marriott Center. Cannot wait. There's been so many great games in this. I think it's a rivalry because it's kind of nasty. It's physical. Sometimes the coaches don't get along. That's awesome. We love that in sports. That's tonight. 8 p.m. tip in the Marriott Center. You can hear it right here on KSL News Radio. We got a Twitter poll. We're going to get some thoughts on do you want BYU and St. Mary's to keep playing? Do you love that hate so much that you want to keep seeing it? Or do you want this to go away when you move into the Big 12? You can chime in on the uh, KSL text line 57500. Let us know what you think. We'll take our first break on Cougar Sports Saturday. Much more to go as we get ready for that big rivalry matchup tonight in the Marriott Center. Back after this. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio. Matt Biamonte and in the studio with me right now, producer Nate Slack. BYU and St. Mary's, a big basketball game coming up tonight. And Nate, you just were looking at uh, the seating chart. There's still some seats available, huh? Yeah, a bunch of seats left. I'm a little disappointed because the Gonzaga game actually sold out before Single-game tickets went available to the general public, which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, it looks like there's still – basically the top five rows of the upper sections are still available. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, go ahead. If my gladiator out. analogy didn't get you stoked for the game, then I, I don't know what will. But I just – I love games like this and at all levels of sports when there's – it's got to be a healthy level of hate. Like, you can't cross the line and be one of those fans. But it's okay to dislike a team, a coach, a player. That's yeah. how I feel about St. Mary's. So I'm I'm stoked to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was I was just telling you off air. I think the the rivalry between BYU and St. Mary's is closer to the BYU Utah rivalry than say a BYU Utah State or BYU Boise State. Are you saying that BYU fans hate Utah? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. That's fair. Uh Coach Pope earlier in the week talked about St. Mary's and, and what Randy Bennett and this program has done over his time as the head man. 
you know, this has been our super growing process for him because it's the first time he's been a point guard, point guard. And so he's, he's trying to find a comfort place for that. And That was not Coach Pope talking about St. Mary's. That was Coach Pope talking about Rudy Williams. Here is Coach Pope talking about St. Mary's. This is St. Mary's. This is, you could identify them. You know, if you took off all their jerseys and watch them play a game, you'd be like, yep, that's St. Mary's. That is 100% St. Mary's. And this is a great team, and they're playing really well together. And they got superstars on this team. They're good. I mean, clearly, they're the best team in our league right now. They're one of the best teams in the country right now. Number six in net, which is a, a huge college basketball ranking. Ken Palm, number seven, number 22 in the nation. They have won nine games in a row. Last time they lost was back in mid-December against Colorado State by two. They they hung with number one Houston by five points. Like This is a dang good basketball team, and this has been a really fun rivalry throughout the the time in the WCC. There's been some great wins and losses, and we'll touch on that more in hour number two when we go through our top five favorite moments of this rivalry. I mean, you would think if it's this big of a rivalry, you'd want to keep playing that game, Nate. Yeah, and I think that's that's what makes college sports so much more fun than pro sports, in my opinion, is just because you have that rivalry aspect. You have it sometimes in divisional games, but it's not the same as it is in a BYU-Utah or even BYU-St. Mary's like tonight. And so it's a game fans always look forward to. And so our poll question today was, if fans still want BYU to schedule St. Mary's once BYU enters the Big 12. And currently we've got on Twitter 43 votes. 79% of the votes are saying no. So that's kind of a surprise to me. I also voted no. Maybe I voted no. Surprise. I'm not surprised at all. I don't want to play this game ever again. And it's it's tough because I, I love the rivalry aspect, but it's it's such an ugly game to watch. If it was a faster pace, higher scoring, I think that would be more, uh, you know, that would entice me more to to want to see this game played in the future. But that it's not that's not how this game is. Played. There's the same problem here that there is with the Gonzaga game, which is the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is insane. Let's let's pull up the top twenty five basketball rankings here and see how many Big Twelve teams are in there because. When you play in a league like the Big 12 that is just so dang good, it's very difficult to want to challenge yourself outside of college basketball. I mean, Gonzaga's had to do it for so long because they don't have a strong conference play. They don't have a conference slate that challenges them, so they do that in the non-conference. That's why you see them play on a battleship in San Diego. They're traveling all over the place, neutral site left and right. Like They, they don't get challenged a whole lot in the WCC. Every once in a while they do, but for the most part they don't, and that's why they play that way. But when you're in the ACC, when you're in the Big 12, it's much more difficult. You got Houston at three, so so they have dropped this week from one to three. Houston at three. I'm counting them, even though they're in the American Athletic. They're a, they're going to be a Big 12 team soon enough. So let's count them. That's one. Kansas State at five. That's two. Kansas at nine. Texas at ten. That's four. Now we move into the middle half of the rankings. TCU, Iowa State, five, six. Baylor, seven. There's seven Big 12 teams in the top 25 right now. That's crazy. And it's what it's going to look like next year. So you've got 18 quad one games just in conference. And so if you want to continue playing the St. Mary's game, you're probably going to be sacrificing an additional loss. And so I, I can't see a scenario where you still continue to schedule Utah 
and Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Well, hold, whoa, whoa, whoa. I still want to play Utah and Gonzaga. Yes. You got to saying... have a team that you hate on the schedule. Yeah. Utah fills that void. And you want Gonzaga because Gonzaga is still valuable. You want to keep that relationship. I think that's that's of importance. And as I mentioned, I think it was the last week or two weeks ago, a loss against Gonzaga is not going to keep you out of the tournament. No, not at all. And I think I think it's okay to have two of those. I don't want to have three. Agreed. I yes. don't want to have three. So I, I think if you're going to kick one of those off the island, you have to kick, to kick off St. Mary's. So it's a bummer because we have had some really fun moments. Again, we'll touch on that in hour two. But if there is a team you have to eliminate, it's got to be St. Mary's. Got to be St. Mary's. And it's it's sad, but I think part of it too is – when you do these non-conference games, it's less this way in hoops than football, but there's going to be return trips expected. Why do you want to go to Moraga? Why would you go there? Like You would go to the kennel. There's still value in going to Spokane and playing Gonzaga on the road. You're not doing that with St. Mary's or anyone else in the WCC. So I, I, I agree with everything you said, Nate. I, I don't think there's enough value there, which is why I'm, again, bringing it full circle back to tonight. That's why I'm I'm so excited for this game. Like this game, it's not going to happen very much, if at all, going forward. Let's savor tonight. One last chance. Randy Bennett. He's complaining to the refs. We're booing him. Doesn't that sound great? I can't wait for that tonight. BYU and St. Mary's 8 p.m. tip. Got to take a break. On the other side, BYU starting point guard Dallin Hall. He joins Cougar Sports Saturday to talk about his freshman year and preview the matchup against the Gales. You're listening to Cougars Sports Saturday. We do this every Saturday, noon to 3, right here on KSN News Radio. Matt Bayamate and Mitch Harper. Mitch is on vacation. Well, he's wrapping up his vacation. He spent five consecutive days at Disney. Good for him. That's a lot of exercise. That's a lot of soreness. That's a lot of churros needed to keep you going. Five consecutive days. He's on his way back. He'll rejoin us next week. So, it's Matt Bayamonte holding it down with our producer, Nate Slack. Right now, we uh, we got to bring in Dallin Hall. Earlier in the week, I had a chance to go down to the new Marriott Center Annex and have a chat with BYU's starting point guard, a, a return missionary freshman, Dallin Hall. And let's get to that interview right now. Last time we uh, had a chat, Dallin, this was before the season began. A lot has unfolded since then. You're the starting point guard now. Just... What has been the first two-thirds of the season been like for you um, and all that's entailed with becoming the starting point guard? Yeah, I would say it's been um, a huge learning process um, coming off that break of two years, surrounded by guys who really know the game. It's just been constantly learning, trying to grow and improve. And fortunately, I've been surrounded with some of the greatest basketball minds in my coaches and then some teammates who really care about my development Guys like Rudy Williams, Gideon George, those veteran dudes um, who've taken every chance to help me get better and hold me accountable. You're back home uh, hosting a ranked St. Mary's team after uh, two losses in the Bay Area. How do you handle losses like the way that they unfold in, in the Bay Area and, and how long do you dwell on them or are you able to kind of move past that and look ahead? Um, yeah, handling it wise is just like you said, trying to move ahead, right? That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, those were tough for us for sure um, because we felt like we were in a really good position going into that road trip. Road trip, And so it kind of backtracked us. But it's been kind of the same mantra all years to just get better, you know, take what we can from those games. Um, dwelling on it, it only hurts our progression. So we're just trying to take the, 
positives, learn from the cons, and put it all together for St. Mary's. Turnovers weren't the only reason for the setbacks uh, on, on the two-game road trip in the Bay Area, but how does this team, in your opinion, clean up those turnovers? Uh, I think, you know, it starts with obviously me at the point guard position and um, got to set kind of an example for the team, take care of the ball. I have it in my hands most of the majority of the time. Um, but it's just got to mean something to you, you know. Um, those possessions, Coach Pope talks a lot about that. Um, and so we just got to make it more meaningful, the ball. You know, we got to be smarter, um, play more forceful, which to a lot of people who don't know basketball, that sounds kind of opposite, right? You're turning it over. But when we play with force and we're downhill and we're the aggressors, then we actually have more opportunities to take care of the ball and to make good plays. Dallin Hall, starting point guard for BYU Hoops, is our guest here on Cougar Sports Saturday. St. Mary's game coming up later tonight. I think a lot of fans wonder this, and you're probably the best person to ask this question, but uh, what is it like being an RM and having a large role on the team? Because I think a lot of people will think like, oh, it's, it's got to be hard physically. Maybe there's a wall that you run into. How are you feeling being in that situation right now? I feel really good. I feel... Um... Honestly, it's kind of funny because people have been telling me, like, you know, once you get to that point in the season, you'll start to kind of feel it in your legs. And um, we've had a couple hard practices, so I can feel my legs kind of, they're <laughs> feeling it. But honestly, each week I feel like I'm getting a little bit more confident, a little bit more sure in my game, um, and I feel a little bit quicker. So um, I feel like things are coming back to me um, still, which is exciting. And uh, it's definitely been a process hard on your body, but we got the right guys around us and the right uh, facilities to help us take care of that. You mentioned uh, parts of your game kind of coming back from the time off on the mission. Is that something that you try and work on during the season, or is it just laser focus on, on each and every game? Yeah, I feel like um, you got to pace yourself right because it is a grueling season, and especially my body isn't used to it. But I'm definitely trying to find ways to – keep improving my personal game as well as um, dialing in with what the team wants to do and what our focuses are for each game. BYU is, is such a unique place. I can't remember what game it was, but uh, I, you know, Danny Ainge comes to a lot of the games, and I think he was catching up with you afterwards. What's it like to have a guy like Danny Ainge? You know, Jimmer's been around. Like, what's it like having those guys? And do they ever get a chance to maybe lend you some uh, it, it, maybe advice is not the right word, but are they able to uh, be there as a sounding board for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they're great examples of giving back, you know, coming back to this community, helping us as players. Um, they've both been really open with me and told me that if I have questions, I can reach out to them. And um, so it's a great example to me of what I want to be like, obviously, when I'm uh, alumni, but to have the some of the greatest basketball minds in the world, like Danny Ainge, right, like you're saying, um, to be able to bounce ideas off of him, to be able to get advice from him, uh, it's a really special opportunity and something I'm going to be using a lot while I'm here at BYU. A few more moments with uh, Dallin Hall, starting point guard for BYU. St. Mary's is the opponent, fresh into the top 25. You just got a taste of what it's like to play a ranked team with Gonzaga being here, and that was an electric crowd, and unfortunately that game slipped away at the end, but... How exciting is it as a player knowing that you have a ranked team coming in, it's going to be close to capacity at the Marriott Center? What was that experience like, and how much do you look forward to that as a player? Oh, I look forward to it a lot. I know a lot of the guys on our team do. Uh, it's just pure energy, right? The, the rock, the crowd, 
Um, and then the opportunity to play the best of the best is something that every competitor wants, right, to beat the best of the best. And that's what we want to do. That's what we intend to do. Um, and we're going to do it with our, our crowd behind us, giving us that energy that they always do. So we're excited. You've never played St. Mary's. They are a, a unique basketball team that has a, a unique style of play. What has stuck out to you from film review or just what you've heard about St. Mary's from the coaches about uh, the brand of basketball that they play? Um, tough. You know, that's a word that's been sh- shared a lot as we've been preparing for them. They're super tough. Um, obviously, they're not the most athletically gifted team in the country, but they're one of the toughest for sure, and they make sure every team that they play feels it. And so we're ready for a toughness battle. Um, they're extremely skilled, well-coached, and they set a lot of ball screens. So I think toughness, rebounding, defense will be the deciding factors. How do you prepare for a, a, a game like that, like a, a tough battle? Uh, well, the last two days of practice have gotten us ready, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just that mentality, right, developing it. Um, we got some dudes on our in our program, guys like Trevin Nell, guys like uh, Gideon George, who really show us an example of, of, of toughness every day in practice, and they hold us accountable. And so I think it's just in your preparation mentally and then in practice every day bringing it. Last thing for you, from your perspective, what does this team need to do against the Gales uh, to, to get a win, to beat a ranked opponent uh, at home in the Marriott Center? We just got to, you know, we got to defend, guard our yard. Coach Pope talks a lot about that, and we got to rebound. And I think if we can defend and rebound and do those two things better than them, um, we'll come out on the winning side. There's Dallin Hall. Thanks for the time, Dallin. Appreciate it. Good stuff from BYU starting point guard Dallin Hall. You know what really stuck out to me, Nate? I want to get your thoughts, too, on the interview. But his comment on the turnovers I thought was really interesting. And that's going to that's going to be something I watch very closely tonight against St. Mary's. He said that if you're actually more aggressive with the ball, that it is, it's a way to prevent turnovers. I think he's actually right when he says that. Like, But I, I need to see it. Because in the Bay Area, there was so much offense where you would move it past half court and it would just sit with whoever brought it up. Sitting, sitting, sitting. You're doing all these motions on the outside. You'd throw it to Foose, and then Foose would stand there, and people are running around. And that just that's a recipe for turnovers. I want to see more pick and roll. I want to see more downhill attacking the rim. We can't criticize the refs because it's not. I I don't think the refs are the reason that BYU is not a great basketball team. You can argue whether or not the WCC has an agenda against BYU on their way out. I I could entertain that discussion. But BYU, especially at home, I want to see them put the pressure on the refs. Attack the rim. Be aggressive. Be relentless, like Dallin Hall just said, because that's not something we've seen in quite some time, and I think that is a good way to maybe combat that St. Mary's pressure. Yeah, I agree. I think what stood out most to me was just what he was talking about, bouncing back from two tough losses. You you touched on it earlier, where Santa Clara and San Francisco are not necessarily bad teams. They're they're pretty solid, but at the end of the day, they're Santa Clara and San Francisco. Exactly. And BYU should not lose those games. And no. So I'm curious to see how a bunch of guys who are pretty pretty big competitors bounce back from a a, a tough week last week, and not having played on Thursday, I know they're probably itching to get after it. And so I'm just curious to see what they look like with their back against the wall. There were comments that Spencer Johnson made after the Gonzaga loss 
where he was talking about how basketball doesn't ask you how you feel. It's all about how you respond. So I'm really curious to see how this team responds. Are they going to be more aggressive with the ball to, to try and reduce turnovers? What are they going to do to maximize their possessions? Because that's what St. Mary's does. They limit possessions, and, and, and it turns into a 50-51 ball game. And so I'm just I'm really curious to see how BRU responds. All right, we'll take the break here on Cougar Sports Saturday on the other side. We're going to do a, a new segment. We're going to trial run a new segment. So we'll do that on the other side. It's Cougar Sports Saturday powered by KSLSports.com. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio. We do this each and every Saturday all year long with two exceptions. General Conference. We don't do the show on General Conference, but other than that, you can count on us being here doing BYU football, basketball, anything BYU all year round. If you haven't subscribed to our our podcast, Cougar Sports Saturday, highly recommend you do so. We put our interviews. Sometimes we have some breaking news podcasts on there as well. In fact, uh, spoiler alert, word on the street is, this upcoming Tuesday is the reveal of the Big 12 football schedule. We're going to be discussing that on the pod. We're not going to wait five days to talk about the Big 12 football schedule. So highly recommend you go over and subscribe to Cougar Sports Saturday. Uh, if you can't listen to the show live, we'd, we'd love to have you be a part of the show in that way. And you can text us as well, 57500, to chime in on anything we discuss, any questions you have, thoughts. We'd love to get to your texts. So uh, hit us up. But right now, we want to switch gears slightly. We want to try to run a segment here. It's kind of a simple game. We've all played it before. Fill in the blank, right? So we're going to do a fill in the blank BYU style. Our producer has come up with some of the questions. He's left out a word, and we're going to kind of go back and forth and see what comes to mind as we answer these questions from Nate Slack. So Thursday was the anniversary of BYU playing San Diego State in uh, 2011 with the Jimmer game, where Jimmer goes off for 43 and takes down San Diego State. So our first fill-in-the-blank is BYU beat San Diego State 12 years ago. Beating the Aztecs that year was blank. What do you think, Matt? Beating the Aztecs that year was sensational. I was there as a fan. I rushed the floor. It was so hot. That you've, I'm sure you've seen the pictures yep. of just Jimmer on the scores table and all of us basically bowing down and worshiping him. I was in that picture. I, I, I need to go back and see if I could see myself. But I thought I was going to faint. It was so hot. But it was one of the great sporting events I've ever attended. The buildup was insane. The, the rock line was there for days. And at that time, too... Correct me if I'm wrong here. The Rock was courtside. It was. It was I, on the. It was on the sideline. It was across from the opponent's bench, mm-hmm. and it was just the craziest game. I thought at some point I thought that the Marriott Center was going to like crumble because of fans jumping up and down. It was just. It was. It was sensational. That's the word I would use. Sensational. You. Yeah, I think I would go with expected. I think what that, that game. I, so I also agree. We've kind of talked about this as well off the air. I, I love that game. Uh, very, very fond Expected. memories. Expected. This team had Expected. DJ Gay, Kawhi Expected. Leonard. BYU was dominant in that series. We're coming off a – so BYU won the conference championship for uh, the two seasons before that. Jimmer for – Regular his, season. Regular season. Regular season. 
and and Jimmer's starting to blow up. It's a couple weeks, I, I believe, after that 47-point uh, performance at Utah, and the country starting to, to to realize what's going on. At this time, BYU did not lose at the Marriott Center, and I believe BYU was a favorite for this game. And I, I think the two top games I've been to is this one, for sure, and the Gonzaga game in 2020. But the difference is the BYU-Gonzaga in 2020, BYU was the underdog. They weren't expected to win. Gonzaga was number two. Number one had lost that day. And Gonzaga was staring at number one ranking the next day. And BYU still took him down. BYU took down San Diego State in a game I they were expected to win. So I, I think it was expected. Loved the game. Super good memories. But expected is my word. Okay. What's the next question you have, Nate? Next question is, the most important player against St. Mary's tonight is blank. That is a great question. I think the most important player tonight against St. Mary's is Foose Traore. I just feel like Gonzaga is a really big team. St. Mary's is physical, but I don't know in terms of length if they're as imposing as Gonzaga. We haven't had a great Foose game in a while. Like When was the last time he did 20-10? and 10? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, I, Has he done it this year? It doesn't come to mind. So uh, I want to see Foose dominate in the paint in a slow game. Fuchs Traore for me. For me, I, I, I'm going to say Jackson Robinson. I think Jackson Robinson, this team will go as far as Jackson Robinson can carry them. I think Fuchs is going to have his moments. Um, but we've we've talked in the past about how this team doesn't have a Yoli Childs or an Alex Barcelo, a, a TJ Haas, who we know is going to perform night in, night out. I think tonight they're going to need a big performance from Jackson Robinson, hitting some big shots in order to, to again, maximize their possessions and make sure they're scoring points. Okay, what else do we have? Question number three is, the Big 12 schedule not being released yet is blank. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable that this schedule has not been released yet. It's almost February, which means we are six months away from football being played. And you don't know what the schedule is going to be. I just, to me, it feels. You know what? I, can I change my word? Yeah. The Big Twelve schedule not being released yet is fishy. That's the word I want to use. Fishy. Fishy. Why? Why has it not been released? I feel like Texas and Oklahoma. I, I. This is total conspiracy theory here. I am not reporting this. Do not aggregate me. I feel like Texas and Oklahoma got a draft of the schedule that they hated. And that they said, well, we're going to leave, we're going to win, win, win. And I think the Big 12 wants to acquiesce those two teams. And I agree with them. You could just say, get out of here, we don't care. I think it benefits the Big 12 to have them play the new Big 12 and see if the new Big 12 can get some wins and generate some momentum before they leave. So I'm down to make them happy and keep them there for two years if you could, preferably. But it is fishy that this schedule is not out yet. Fishy, I like that. I think my word is going to be annoying. I think it's annoying that the schedule's not out yet. We heard rumbles about the schedule possibly coming out in October and then November and then December, and now we're less than a week away from February. So I think that it's annoying that the schedule has not been released yet. Our last fill-in-the-blank today is Aaron Rodgers supporting Zach Wilson on the Pat McAfee show is blank. Okay, I think... Aaron Rodgers supporting Zach Wilson is gigantic. I think it is, if there's a word bigger than gigantic, I'd, I'd probably use it. It's it's big. Because the narrative has been since that poor performance on Thursday night against the Jaguars that he's washed up. 
to have someone of Aaron Rodgers' stature support him, I think will help his narrative. You quickly? Encouraging. I believe it's encouraging. I think we'll see how it goes, but I, I, I think it's encouraging for Zach Wilson's future. I agree. All right, got to take a break. Hour number one in the books on the other side. Our good friend, Mark Durant, on the call later tonight. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.